0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Newsreel with Joe and Neil.
1: I'm Joe. I'm Neil
0: and today is Sunday, December 16th. We're going to be discussing this week the revolutionary climate in Western Europe at the moment, specifically the Yellow Vest movement in France and of course Brexit has flared up, well, it's always there, isn't it, in the UK. Um, We'll also be discussing, if we have time, we'll see, some of the other international developments in the last week, which do kind of directly tie into the, the social situation going on in Western Europe. Um, of course, we've got the climate change conference going on in Poland. It's over now. It went on all last week anyway. Um, and a couple of other tidbits. But the first thing to say is that the at this point, what do you call it? Is it is it like a revolution in France? at this point insurrection uprising
1: well <coughs> it depends on what you uh, what you think a revolution is right what are our uh, what are our references for that for the word revolution
0: well in france the obvious one is the 1789 oh, revolution
1: hopefully it wouldn't be the same as that
0: right um, more recently the bolshevik revolution
1: right even more recently
0: The color revolutions, so-called, because they were either uh, maybe they were popular in some respects, but there was always a kind of a foreign hand, um, in the form of NGOs in quotes, um, foreign governments um, assisting with money and yeah, moral support.
1: That's the important point. I mean, you look at the Maidan Revolution in Ukraine, two thousand fourteen. Um, that revolution actually only happened in the capital. In Kiev, and in a fairly specific area, well, there were marches beforehand in the winter two thousand thirteen and in uh, the early two thousand fourteen. But then the actual revolution actually happened with uh, people concentrated in the in the center of, of Kiev. Um, there wasn't much activity around the rest of the country. Okay. Um, this revolution in France is very different in the sense that uh, there's activity all over the country, but there's no sign of any. Um, Storming of the Elysee and uh, forcing Macron to flee. As yet, uh, there, isn't, there isn't the level. of attempted to. There isn't the level of violence that there was in Maidan. There's no there's no protesters shooting cops with guns and stuff like that. That seems to be a hallmark of, uh, of state intervention, in, uh, in these kind of, in modern revolutions. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of a legitimate revolution, probably what's happening in France and in other countries around Europe is as close as we're going to get at this point anyway, it's as close as we're going to get to a revolution. Um, those was word of uh, Macron having a helicopter at the ready right there, um I think just yesterday, Saturday, um, he, <laughs> in case uh, in case they actually managed to get to the Elysee and uh, you know, I don't know. Chop his head off or something, um. Uh, but yeah, that shows. But I suppose that's prudent, you know, for him to do that, and it indicates the seriousness of the situation, I suppose, and his understanding, or the French government's understanding of the level of anger towards him. Yeah, he's certainly not the kind of peace kind of person, or kind of president that the that the French authorities think could get out there and and uh, appease the masses. You know, um, they want they understand. It seems that that. There's a strong sentiment of wanting him gone. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's no chance that he's going to go because that's what democracy is all about, right? The will of the people. I mean, this figure is given where 84% of the French population support these Yellow Vest protests, which a, pri- a primary demand of theirs was um, is uh, for you know Macron, démission. Macron out, basically, fired, resigned. So 84% of the population, by their own statistics, want him gone, but under the rules of democracy, you can't change your mind. If you supposedly voted for him 18 months ago, then it doesn't matter what he does through his five-year term. You're not allowed to express the popular will, or certainly you're allowed to express a popular will, but that will not be acted on cause democracy, hashtag not democracy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, if I could if, if I summarize what this is, this is like a popular appeal for democracy
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and that's obviously the last thing that the people have been using that language ever want to hear a large crowd, much less a major, a clear majority of the population calling for, Mm -hmm. this is basically an SOS for freedom and democracy. Actual freedom and democracy, yeah. because they're saying we don't have it. We don't have a voice <clears throat> in France, never mind in Europe.
1: Look, there's no such thing as democracy, right? This is what people don't understand. But there's no such thing as democracy as, you know, modern, what are they called? kind of a developed democracies, Is that what it's called? Or a, maybe that's the term. Anyway, modern democracy. Uh, pe- what people think it is, it's not what they think it is or what it's touted as um but then the idea of democracy in 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 that in those terms was was stupid and never made sense throughout human history you know there was never there should never and generally never was any significant period of time when or really never was any period of time when the will of the people was actually done how do you canvass 65 million people and find out what they all actually want and then have someone implement. That's not the way it works. The way democracy works is, uh, and the way governments and, and states have been run for forever, basically, is that a group of people are elected or put forward to lead the country and make the big decisions. And the people, to some extent, you know, may have a say, but not really. The point is that we decided that you group of people will be the leaders and you make the decisions. You don't come asking us. You already, you know, we we decided already by by voting for you to make those decisions. That so you make the decisions. What are you asking me for? I voted for you to make them. But on the provi- so that's what it is, and that's not democracy as commonly understood, as in the elected representatives actually do the will of the people all the time. I, they check with them and ask them what they what am I doing the right thing? Is this the right thing to do? You know, I mean, it's not representative democracy really. It's at a, at a specific point in time, a group of elect a group of people are elected or chosen to be the leaders to make all the decisions and entrusted with the responsibility of making good decisions. When they stop making good decisions, then the people should have the right to elect other people at any time, not for a five year term or a four year term or an eight year term, whatever. But at any time when they stop uh, fulfilling their their function, the role for, for which they were chosen, which is to run the country properly and it's just not hard for politicians to understand what running the country properly means from the point of view of the masses of people in the country. It's, you know, no punitive taxes, make sure people have enough uh, food and uh, employment and, and resources to, you know, roof over their head, enough money to buy food, etc. And decent enough infrastructure. It's all fairly simple, you know, it's quite simple to, to, to figure out what generally will keep people happy in a country. Um, so they know this, and when they stop doing it, they're obviously doing it willfully. They're doing, doing it know, knowingly. They know that they're doing the wrong thing. They know that they're doing things that are going to piss the people off and want the people, and, and the people will want to get rid of them. But of course, they do it by deception. They bullshit the people. They tell people that actually what they're doing is not what they're doing. They're doing something different, and they try to confuse them with all sorts of narratives about how the economy works and how you can't have this. And I'm sorry, there is no money, and money doesn't grow on trees. And then they give a load of money to some of their friends or something like that. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> it's not really, at this point it's more or less a, a dictatorship of the, of the elite, of, of a group of elite. It's not a dictatorship in the sense of one person. It's, it's, and, and dictatorships never really are just one person. You know, there's a figurehead, but there's a group of people always yeah. around dictators. So it's just really at this point in Europe, there's not much difference between dictatorship and, and what we have in, in European so-called democracies. You have the dictatorship of an elite who really don't care and aren't interested in what the people want and will and are enacting laws that are uh that are punitive for the, the majority of the people a lot of majority of the people in the country yeah and the people have no recourse to do anything about it except get in the streets and complain and throw stones at police and some of them wreck the place a little bit and set fires and stay that's that's all they can do at this point what they've been doing is all all people can do you know um
0: The first real response by the French government, I mean, at least from the president, from Macron, was his televised address last week. Um, 15-minute speech on TV. This uh, didn't go down well, I don't think, but then the French media suggested that it was, he had made concessions. You know, he'd made fiscal concessions to... Increase minimum wage and so on.
1: I'll give you a good. I'll give you talking with the French media. There's a picture that uh, I just want to use to sum up what the French media does, um, or it sums up the French media and what their role is in general and specifically in relation to these protests. Uh, do we have that picture? Uh, there it is.
2: We do, but it's not showing for some odd reason. Please wait
1: well i can tell you what it is it's a it's a picture taken by someone of the yellow vest process and in the background there's a guy with a placard saying at the top of the placard it says macron and underneath it says degage which is the same as demission i.e., resign and then there's a video which you can check online of france france 3 the third national French tv station and they have that same image um but they have removed the word dégage, edited it out.
0: Right, as so if the protesters holding up a sign that simply says Macron.
1: Right. Okay. So, according to the French media.
0: They, they love they love the leader. According <laughs> <to> the French, <laughs> they love our dear leader.
1: According to French media, everything is the opposite of the way it actually is. Yeah. Um, yeah, what were you going to say about them, though?
0: Well, this, this, this is an extraordinary sequence of events that came quickly last week where you had the first serious response after four weeks of um frankly an insurrection in the country not just in paris that was all that was shown internationally but it's every town and city the length and breadth of the country and then you have macron after he returns from marrakesh to sign france up to this un compact mm. on, glo- on mass migration global migration whatever um okay now my business is done i will turn to you w- what do you all want what's the big fuss <laughs> Okay, so he gives his concessionary speech and, uh, you know, um, says he was a little contrite. He certainly came down from his Jupiterian orbit to, you know, speak a bit more normally. He had some weird gestures going on where he had his hands on the table, fingers spread. Um, one guy who's like a, a French kind of um, body language watcher, you analyst. know, an analyst, he did one in French Um we won't play if you... But um, I thought it was pretty spot on that, well, simply he had his fingers like that to not give, to not betray any emotional signals that would
1: suggest he was lying. Suggest he
0: was lying. And uh, um, he did. He, nevertheless, he did. You always slip. And there were a couple of moments where gestures matched with words. And, and anyway, his analysis was, was good. But he was still blown away by the overall control that he had. During that speech, um, it was a good performance. He acted well. We've already known that about him. He was a great actor. That's how he managed to win, if you believe what the media said about it. Anyway, his debates with Marine Le Pen in the runoff, of the election last year. It's
1: also how he won his uh, his grandmother's heart. I mean, his wife's heart. He was. They met. She was at uh, an act, uh, a theater teacher, an acting teacher, in his school, and he was in a right. in a play. Right. So he's been at it for a long time. Uh, he's a good actor basically um yeah i mean you just it's kind of silly the way people ex any for anybody to expect that someone like macron who's a rothschild banker basically and is a a globalist in in the literal sense of that word um he he's not interested in french national interests he's interested in globalist interests i e the interests of multinationals global banks that kind of thing and um, that's where he came from. That's where he, he used to work for. So anybody, who, for anybody to think that someone like him, with that background, and who claimed that he, that he wanted to rule as a Roman god over France, and when he won the election, would then suddenly sit in front of the camera and and strike this kind of humble, uh, "I am your best friend" pose, genuinely is just you're deluded, like you know. I mean, it's not hard. You just have to assume that people people lie an awful lot, and they do, like particularly politicians and uh, people like Macron. Um, they'll say whatever they need to say to to have their way, you know. Um, yeah. And that's a good example of it. When someone radically changes changes character, it's uh, it's probably not real, you know. I would have been more honest of him to come out and just say, "You filthy French peasant scum! How dare you challenge my godlike rule!" I will smite you all with my police forces. That would have been more, oh okay, that's my yeah.
0: Which which is effectively the real message because that is what has <clears> happened. <throat> the the police um presence has been unprecedented. People have noticed that the, the numbers have gone down. I mean, officially there were about sixty six thousand people out protesting in cities all over France. That's the total for this past weekend, so called Act Five, the fifth weekend. Um they're probably lower estimates. They will, of course, want to play down the numbers. Nevertheless, there are far fewer people. You can see that in, if you compare the videos with earlier weeks. Um, and that speaks to the success of the, the real message, which is sent via the police activities. Um, yeah. When, especially on the weekend of the the 8th, Saturday 8th, that was, that was phenomenal, where they had police forces, uh, a, a riot force at the Gendarmerie, and then they had these other guys, roving gangs of them, who would work through the riot shields um, and to come out and part crowds. Um, they were coming out. They made they made sweeping mass arrests. They arrested about 2,000 people, just grabbed whoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, officially, the media reported that as well. No, they were likely to be casseurs, uh, rioters, people who were vandals. Um, that wasn't not true at all, they were just grabbing whoever they could. It was to terrorise the mm. others, um, beating them, um, mm. shooting at eye, eye level, they're not supposed to, their they're, um, flashbangs, their rubber bullets. Um, people were losing eyes, losing hands. There are a lot of serious injuries and not just in Paris, that's in Bordeaux as well, Toulouse, lose um, all over the place. So clearly a national order, the, the real message that went out was Beat these people back into submission. Mm. Frighten them. Frighten them, and we'll reduce their numbers. And and that is there's an arithmetic to it. There's a, a logical that is what we have seen in the subsequent two two weekends. The numbers do go way down when you beat the shit out of people. Mm. That's not going to make it go away, of course, because no. they would have to make serious concessions to not have this erupt again soon. And the next time, of course, people remember what was done to us last time. Mm. You know, they've people do have memories. When they're being beaten, you know that right. we say they have short-term memories. When the media well, is lying to them, but they remember this. And, well,
1: you, it's 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 pushing the whole thing closer to to over totalitarianism. You know, because in in dictatorships and over totalitarian uh, regimes or systems, uh, the people were you know if they protested were frequently beaten and and cowed in that in in that way. And what happened was that yes, it stops people from getting out in the streets and you know, challenging the authorities but it makes, it produces a seeding resentment under the surface and a complete uh, dissociation let's say from from any previous uh, I suppose any partial <clears throat> previous uh, deeds, well positive intentions or whatever that people might have had towards towards the government. It, it dis- really disenfranchises the people uh, radically where it and then the country just becomes ultimately unmanageable, you know. When you effectively have a population that is, uh, you know, is in a revolutionary spirit, but is only is not um, revolting simply out of self preservation, but they're certainly well aware that the that the government under which they they live is is illegitimate, you know, and that kind of thing can't. That that thing that that kind of system ultimately ultimately fails. You know, ultimately, it, it those people become ultimately ungovernable. You know, so it's crazy to think that any, for any government to think that they can keep people down in that way for forever. Because obviously, the European governments and the French governments would, would would assume that they can keep this going for in perpetuity. You know, um, but they've crossed a, a line really yeah. uh, with these protests, and there's no way back. Unless they make radical changes, and there's no way they're going to make radical radical changes in the government or government policy, so, and in fact they're just going to they're going to continue on, and then when they commit their next egregious act, uh, of you know some kind of punitive measures against against the population, um the people will either get in the streets again and and have their heads beaten, or they'll just become more resentful, you know, and it'll come out in other ways, you know. Eventually you have just um, non Kind of, you can end up having mass non-cooperation with the government. You know, again, I mean, one of the things that have not happened as part of these yellow vest protests is any semblance of strikes, strike action, people actually not going to work. You know, uh, or blockading uh, major industries, etc. You know, and that's still something that they could do. You know, that was that used to happen more often under the syndicates, under the trade unions. You know, and um, specific sectors of the workforce would 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 all leave on my together you know the yellow vest is a bit more disorganized so you don't have that that, that level of organization as you have with uh, with the unions you know but it may reach a point where if, if the word goes out then you wouldn't just have teachers striking or real workers striking you'd have people across the full spectrum of all industries in 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 the country striking maybe not all of them but a good section of them and that would be much worse than just one section you know
0: yeah um People are commenting on French social media that um, these protests have won more concessions for people than 30 years of action by those trade unions. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. even though it's, uh, And that's saying that in the context of it's still pittance. So, okay, yeah. they got the fuel tax increase repealed. They got a small increase in, is it minimum wage or the minimum social benefits for unemployed
1: it's it's like an it's it's part it's kind of like the minimum wage but it's 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 an extra payment by the government that that doesn't uh require employers to to contribute to to the you know the equal amount that an employer has to contribute under the french uh, social system so it's it's basically coming straight from the government if you know what i mean it's, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't they don't receive anything from employers you know um so um yeah, that was that gave a little bit, but that again the problem with those concessions was that that was promised already. Um, pre- earlier this year, they promised to increase it by sixty euros, and then it was t- scheduled for next year to increase it by another forty to hundred. So he basically just brought forward the extra forty, um, and so basically gave what was already planned.
0: For next year's budget. For next year's budget. Forward. It
1: just came forward, and the same really goes with the increase in, on, uh, in pensions for people earning less than 2,000 euros a year in pensions. Um,
0: he also put out a
1: call to large
0: <laughs> companies in France, so employers of large numbers of people, to give workers a Christmas bonus, mm. which they have agreed to do. Mm. Um, Total, Orange, um, someone did the figures on that, and it's thirty to forty million. Boom, just dropped like that, mm. <laughs> which tells you and it gives you an idea of what the kind of coffers these companies have, mm-hmm. and it still won't make a dent, or no. much of one, in their for, end for of year people. revenue.
1: Yeah, um, but it also doesn't. So
0: they're they're buying them off, and that might also be having some success in. It's more about the numbers. The, the
1: vast majority of people aren't. Yeah. It's more about the reason it's causing a wind down in numbers is because people feel that there's some concessions were given. we forced him to give in a little bit to almost to admit that he was wrong, even if the concessions aren't really that impressive and don't really do much to alleviate the vast majority of people's financial situation uh, a lot of people would have thought that it's just well we we got him to admit that he was wrong, yes, you the, know because that's often what people want dissatisfaction
0: from being heard right. And recognised. And, being recognized. Yeah, yeah, and nice. who could not see it? You know, yeah. They made such a show of it. Um, yeah. They won in that respect. Yeah, They have won
1: already. But it's easy for someone to just say, I'm sorry. Hashtag not sorry. They, you know, and this is the problem. Yeah, it might appease people for, uh, for a little while, but then this government is, is on the same globalist track. Globalism basically being by perhaps defined by the siphoning off of increasing amounts of, of taxpayers' money into globalist projects uh into um for for big corporations tax cuts for the rich basically where the rich effectively get taxpayers money um and for uh, the other aspect obviously is the day macron came back uh, last monday came back from marrakesh from the un migration pact uh, a lot of money under globalist auspices goes to to migrants to people uh not just newly arrived migrants in the country but to encourage to facilitate, and that takes a lot of money to put in an infrastructure to actually encourage uh, migration. You know, because when they talk about encouraging migration, this UN Pact is not just about wait until they arrive at the French border and then, but you know, put them up basically and, and uh, cater for them financially, but actually setting up structures in other countries. The French government using taxpayers' money to set up structures in other countries to facilitate the movement of migrants uh, that costs a lot of money as well. Um, so yeah it's bizarre you know that the that these people are are doing this and of course the rationale is that it's economics you know we need more migrants because we're doing so well in european countries in the first world let's say as it's called um we're doing so well that people are living longer uh so you have an increasing number of older people in the population who need to you know be paid be be financially supported by the state and if you have an increasing number of older people, people are getting living longer basically because of modern medicine, supposedly. Um, then you need more people working in the country to provide the taxes that pay their pensions and their healthcare and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's why you need migration. So for in the, like in the past, say 10 years, uh, the number of over retired people increased by 2 million uh, over, over that 10 year period. From ten years ago, and it uh, so, so what you need is to, uh, but the workforce didn't increase by the same number, so the majority of the of the population increases is a result of people living longer. Effectively, so you need to bring in foreign workers to to support them. But the problem with that is the kind of people that they're talking about bringing in, in migration are people who aren't necessarily going to immediately contribute to the to the to the state to the country, through through their taxes through through getting jobs because a lot of people are coming from countries where they you know, they don't speak the French language they don't speak whatever language they're coming to, whatever country they're coming to they don't speak the language of that country uh, they're not integrated and um, very often they become a burden on the state, so a burden rather than con- helping the people of the state by contributing to, the, to in, in the form of taxes they actually take away from the indigenous people in that country by by being a, a <clears throat> a burden on the state by needing uh, unemployment benefit, uh, health care, et cetera, et cetera. So it doesn't seem to make any sense, and that's why we think there may be something else behind it. As we mentioned last week, uh, there may be some other plan behind it or whatever, but we don't know. Uh, but it's just it's definitely factless, and it's definitely something that's not supported by the vast majority of people, uh, or at least, let's say, a significant majority of people in most European countries, and I think in the world, essentially, because there's a pure research... Uh, poll or survey whatever done of 27 countries that was conducted in spring of this year and overall it works out that i mean the countries are there's about 10 or 12 from europe but six or seven from asia the middle east russia then south america the u.s canada and a few african countries uh, south africa and kenya and nigeria by large majorities wanted no more migration to their countries <clears throat> which is strange but obviously that's that's the same migration that we're talking about I mean they picked uh, three of the wealthiest African countries only three um, South Africa Kenya and Nigeria and those people don't want by by uh, majorities of 60 65 60 and 50 percent wanted fewer migrants or none okay. Um and that's because there are people coming from other African countries into those countries and so they're People in those three countries are feeling the same way of, as as Europeans and people in other countries are, who are relatively close to Africa, because it's the people from poorer African countries who are moving to those few rich richer African countries and into Europe. Um, but overall, the majority it it seems the 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 majority something like two thirds of the, of that, assuming those all of those countries are can make up a are representative of the globe. About sixty six percent of the people in the world want fewer or no more migration into the countries. Yeah. So that means that about two thirds of the world's population is racist, according to the, the, the dominant narrative these days, right. that if you don't like migration, you're, you're racist. Right.
0: And that's, that's, that's so at the, least from the majority. That's the, that's the argument, um, they present
1: at least the majority is, the there's majority. there's no
0: explanation yeah. of in Europe's case Well, you see, um, <clears throat> populations getting older, we don't have enough people to pay for them in their old age so we need more people. It's been expressed a few times in, in passing, but it's obviously not the dominant messaging that's going out there. The dominant message going out there is, you're racist, period. So don't just shut up and accept it. Um, and then, so France is seething last week. Macron gives his TV address to the nation, and within 24 hours there's an ISIS terrorist attack. Now what are the odds. Sharp and take a breath. Car attack. What are the odds? Now, you odds? might say, if it had been last year or the year before, well, there have been so many, you know, it's just another one. But actually, this year, there have been so few. And this is by far the largest mass casualty event. There have been all these stabbings and crazy people driving cars, which may be an Ali Akbar in how it's framed subsequently, or the guy actually may have been a deranged um, fundamentalist there Muslim. Were,
1: but, there weren't many car taxis this year though.
0: No there weren't but there was one there, in Melbourne. Overall in
1: 2018 Germany. was was very quiet. Quiet
0: <clears> overall <throat> yeah in, in all spheres but specific, yeah. thinking specifically of a shocking event which we got in Strasbourg last Tuesday. Just as the French media is telling people oh okay so you've got your concessions and that from Macron. Oh by the way here's a poll 54 percent of the population wants the yellow vest to pack up and go home. So uh, and the police are putting out messages like, "Listen, we're really tired. Can can you stop protesting? You know, we really put the they put the big messaging effort out there as part of the package of Macron's speech Mm -hmm. to you know Mm -hmm. let's cool it down, there, people. It's Christmas. Come on, wrap it up." And then boom, there's a terrorist attack Mm -hmm. by ISIS in quotes. Um, there's a lot to say about this, but the first thing that hit me was well, um. Obviously, people are going to go, well, that's a bit coincidental, isn't it? Um, such that a government minister has since said something to the effect that, well, no, hang on. Actually, what he was doing was he was renouncing a claim by ISIS on some website somewhere that we done it or our brother did it for us. And and they actually had the guy say a close insider in the investigation said I did this in Strasbourg for our dead brothers in Syria. so the messaging was out there that, Oh yeah, it's ISIS. But the government minister actually went and said, no, um, there's no evidence that this was ISIS. This was just a crazy guy consumed by evil. Mm And I was thinking of that because he, I'm thinking, is he thinking to say that because yes. they don't want to talk this up too much of right. being ISIS because otherwise ISIS, the France, sworn enemy be. of it's France for what it's doing in Syria and elsewhere, no, because ISIS just came for the rescue of it, which contravenes the 2014 well, that, declaration by ISIS, repeated everywhere ad nauseum at the time that ISIS was specifically going after France, which it then did with Charlie Hebdo, mm-hmm. and the Bataclan terrorist attacks in Paris that killed hundreds because France is a Western secular democracy and that one has to fall, blah, blah, blah. They gave the reason and specifically their mission, they said, was to de- destabilize the French state.
2: Mm. And
0: here they come in and do something that effectively helps stabilize the French state. This is totally opposite yeah. to their goals.
1: Well, ISIS have been on hand. For the French government and Western powers in Syria for the past seven years to deal with uh, to deal with problems, you know, like Bashar al-Assad, you know, uh, you had several years of Western powers saying Assad must go, and then ISIS comes along and says, "We'll do it for you," um, and then they try to do it and they don't, don't they don't achieve that objective because of uh, mainly because of the Russian intervention, but. The other thing is that that minister didn't wanted to put the kibosh on any ideas that this was ISIS was is because it's anti-immigration. It would fuel anti-immigration sentiment uh, among the French people that uh, this guy, not just you know, it. Well, first of all, the guy is of um, Algerian, I think, extraction. Although he was born in Strasbourg, but he's of Algerian parent parentage. uh, So roughly, he could be put in the in the by some people anyway, in the, in the category of, of an immigrant within recent years, you know, um, or recent decades. Uh, so it obviously would inflame or embolden the anti-immigration camp to say that this was, that you know, to make the connection between ISIS radical terrorism and people of uh, North African extraction in France. And I have people who are, maybe were born here, but also many people who are coming here, coming to France still, uh, from, from that area. So, because the government, obviously Macron's government, Macron, <laughs> Macron just came back from a... A UN migration pact that wants to bring people in Morocco. Like, like this guy from uh, in Morocco and Algeria, um, bring people like him to France. So they don't really want to hype the idea that this was, that they don't want to make the connection between immigration and jihadi terrorism. But, um, the fact of the matter is that obviously someone else did want, does want to do that or did want to do that to make that connection because all of the evidence suggests this was a, this was a staged provocation and so on, they include the idea that he said al-Akbar and, uh, and that he was an ISIS sympathizer, he was one of their, their brethren. Um, there's someone who, who wants to inflame that situation in France. Someone working at cross-purposes with, uh, with the French government and with the overt policies of the French government of promoting migration, there's someone who wants to demonize migration and in that way... <clears throat> uh, encourage or embolden right-wing sentiment and anti-immigration sentiment in, in France. And that's the people who, who are behind this clearly staged uh, terror attack in, in Strasbourg.
0: But at the same time, it's, it's an effort that has suddenly made the entire political class overnight, at least as far as the narrative in the French media for the whole week go, um, it's suddenly made them relevant again. They're all standing up there in the Assemblée Nationale, uh, singing the the Marseillaise. We uh, announcing we are again relevant. You need us to protect you. We're going to get the guy. They spend forty eight hours looking for him. He turns up exactly where they first went looking for him before the terrorist attack happened.
1: Um well, what did the, the, the
0: cross purposes? I, it seems to me that it helps the French state more than anything.
1: Well, yeah, I mean possibly, but. From the point of view of the people, where do you draw the distinction between uh, two people losing their eye and one person losing their hand because of French national police violence and three people being killed because of a jihadi? You know, are we going to look to the police force that just blew the hand of one of our French nationals and caused two more to lose eyes? Are we going to look to them for protection? Against jihadis really i mean i don't know it doesn't it's not so clear to me that the French people would after this these protests and what they've seen and the way that they've been the French people have been treated by the French police, that they would look to the state to protect them. i don't think um, there's many French people who think that uh, that, 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 that that's a that that's a reasonable position to take at this point, you know uh, I think more and more let's say more and more French people anyway are are becoming Disabused of, of, of that idea that the state is out to protect them. I mean, obviously, part of there's physical protection, but there's also emotional and uh, uh, general well-being protection, and that's what they're protesting against uh, in terms of the French government. You know, they're protesting against the French government because they are uh, hurting them, hurting a large number of people in a very direct way by depriving them of uh, a, a sufficient amount of of resources to live. Um, to live uh, respectably, it's not very protective, is it? You no, I
0: mean? no, yeah, um, but surely that—that's the image that they want to put out.
1: Yeah, but it's not working.
0: It's not working, though, and that's what makes it all the more like tense at the moment. They've basically shown their hand that um, we've been we well, have no, been using terrorism well, to corral well, you. Yeah, well, well, um, to keep you down, right, well, scared. S- well, and someone's meters. doing that.
1: They're capitalizing on that. Obviously, the, over the members of the French government, uh, most of the fr- members of the French government had, don't know about the true source or the true cause of that terror attack in in Strasbourg. Right, and they're capitalizing on the on those events, on that, on those people being shot, to say to try and say we're here to protect you and stuff. You know, the police have done a great job. Blah 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 blah, and trying to encourage a bit of patriotism or, or allegiance to the state in that way, but. uh the the people who who carried out the terror attack have a very different uh, agenda they're not interested in i don't think at this point they're not primarily interested in encouraging that kind of allegiance to the state they're like like i said they're more interested in dividing society mm. dividing French society mm. down ridiculous ideological lines of left versus right uh, so yeah, they're the ones on all the terror attacks of these people many of the many of the previous terror attacks that were carried out that had suspicious conditions around them that suggested that there was that there was some powerful uh, element uh, of, of state apparatus if covert involved in these terror attacks this has been going on for several years and their goal all along right back to nine eleven, if you want to go back that far has been to um has been to encourage the idea in in western societies <clears throat> that muslims or immigrants etc are terrorists yeah uh, i mean the original 11 attacks launched a war on kind of strike through line muslim terrorism they called it war on terrorism but yeah. Im- implicitly was the word muslim in there yeah. and it uh it turned a lot of people of a particular character type against and you know reasonably so against muslims against muslims in general and against certainly against immigrants i mean it's it's crazy you know um that that they would think that after those 17 years since 9-11 and all the terror attacks, all of them blamed on, the vast majority of them blamed on radical Muslims, would, have, uh, not, would not create the situation where a large uh, number of percentage of the, of the population would not like Muslims anymore, or would have a negative image of Muslims. Of course that's going to be the result. And if, and if you assume that they're staged in the way, that, in the, the way we, we've documented them effectively being staged, uh, then you assume that that's, that's the goal that's that's your end result what what happens these people aren't stupid if there's a direct result of uh, that kind of direct mass you know wide pop wide popular result of of these kind of terror attacks then you have to assume uh, crediting these people to carry them out as being intelligent that that's the goal they wanted to achieve which is encourage a negative impression among as many people as possible of muslims slash immigrants slash you know Basically, yeah. brown skinned people, yeah. if you want to get very this, crass about
0: it. This speaks to the real reason for ISIS <clears throat> to declare a particular interest in France several years ago, which then we saw in Hebdo in Paris. Right. Um, the real specific interest is because France has the largest Muslim, yeah, um, Muslim of Muslim, of Muslim countries, or just actual practicing Muslims as well, right. in, in all of Western Europe.
1: Yeah, but, uh, you know, in up, Europe, up, upwards of kind of period. 20, percent 25%, 15 yeah. million people out of 65.
0: Um, and of course, well...
1: And then, and then they're increasing the number of those, those types of people, of, of, of foreigners, essentially, of, of North African, African, Middle Eastern people in other European countries as well. You know, the government's bizarre. You know, this tag team they've got going on, although I'm not sure they, they know what's going on, but... You know, each side knows. One side knows what's going on, but the, the the overt government that's encouraging immigration. I'm not sure they really know what's going on. I mean, they're doing it, like we mentioned, for supposedly for economic reasons, for population replacement. You know, worker replacement, etc. Um, but for them to continue doing that when they see these terror attacks happening is just bizarre. Even if they don't know that they're staged terror attacks, you just would you would put a a stop, at least you know, a suspension on, uh, you know large influx of migrants under those conditions, would you not? I mean, just for social stability, you'd say, like, the, it's not freaking rocket science, it's two plus two equals four, you know? It's like... like that, that, just, that
0: was specifically listed by a number of the um, manifestos that were being printed and shared around by the Gilets Jaunes. One of them was, it didn't get into it too much, but they called for a moratorium on mass migration, um, comma, because of the current civilizational struggle that's going on. I didn't mm. elaborate on that, but they're clearly referring to the war on terror, the effects of waves of migrants coming to the Middle East because of the wars, which they also, of course, um, spoke out against as well. Uh, that was the extent of it. So it wasn't you know, anything like the kind of depiction of a far-right group saying, we don't like blacks, Muslims, browns, period, don't let them in. But it was a very simple, pragmatic, like you said, Acknowledgement Well, given the current situation, can we please put a freaking pause on this at least? Yes. Uh, but no, Macron didn't even care what they were saying, of course. He went ahead, he had his agenda, and his agenda was taking him to Marrakech mm-hmm. last week, mm-hmm. arguably at the peak of the public uprising mm-hmm. in France.
1: Yeah, um, and it's interesting that he said nothing <clears throat> about the protests, he did not, he made no public statement about them for four weeks. He said
0: one, but obliquely. It was in the just, context of something else. Yeah,
1: just a vague statement, but he didn't actually do his official address about, yeah. about this issue and what he was going to do about it until the day after he signed the UN Pact of Migration, which suggests that he wanted to get that done and dusted and the the, the, the I's dotted and the T's crossed and, and France's uh, sign, signature on it uh, before he came to the people to give them concessions because he's afraid that if beforehand he might be forced into... Conceding that he would not sign the immigration pact, which suggests that he was that he definitely wanted to sign that immigration pact, um, and it's a big as we mentioned, it's a so big thing it, in is, France. It, you know,
0: is, is a battle between two two directives or sets, if they're discreetly formed of elites, such that right there when Macron was doing something that would have hopefully they thought the French or slash European globalist one side of them elites were trying to. <sighs> calm the situation down. Boom, at that moment, there's a competing directive to say, no, 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 throw fuel on the fire by having a Muslim do a terror attack right now. Is thats is that two competing directives?
1: Is that what you're suggesting?
0: Because um, for me, I see a key place where the, the two interests meet.
1: Yeah, well, we, both their interests meet. In, in, the
0: population, 80% of them, is uniting against the elite in France. Right. right. And here you need to have something that, will. How can we split that into forty forty? How can we split that group again? Right. Well, then you have a terror attack, and in right. that respect, yeah, you want to split the population, both exactly. benefit.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Although one of the the ones who carry the attack are a bit more in the know and have more power and control, and and are working on a pretty uh, quite a nefarious agenda. they are really dirty. They've got a dirty scheme going, you know. But yeah, definitely, it's it's their 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 goal or the result of of, of those kind of terror attacks is to Encourage or <clears throat> inflame anti-migrant sentiment among the so-called right, and then force the supposedly force the left to instead of instead of focusing uh, on the French people's common cause of, of government corruption to have, feel that they have to stand against, stand against the right. so you, you know you, you create a problem, you, you embolden the right, you inflame the right by having ter- a terror attack which obviously after every terror attack the right the right <clears throat> wing nationalists say, Okay, this is ridiculous, no more and then the kind of more bleeding hardy lefties say, Hang on a minute, you right wingers, shut the hell up. We like migrants and stuff. You know, so you get them fighting amongst each other rather than fighting the state. But I'm not sure people are that dupable in that respect. And I think ultimately they they're left right political sentiments take second place to how much money they get at the end of the month and how much food they can buy and whether they can make their rent payment. That's the bottom line and so you can't you can't make that go away by saying shouldn't you people be fighting each other? Don't you disagree on migration? Uh, Yeah we might do but you know what I can't eat political ideology so I'm going to yeah. prioritize you screwing us on our taxes.
0: Yeah. They, they've they said that in so many words. To hell with your <coughs> republic. I need to eat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of the modern equivalent of let them eat cake, you know. Yeah. When um, journalists or government ministers or whoever pontificate on, oh, yeah, but the republic and democracy, and if you don't like it, come and vote differently. Yeah, but <laughs> you don't understand, mister. I can't eat, so. Yeah. um, it's uh,
1: but speaking of, the, yeah, do we want to talk about the terror attack itself or was that already done?
0: Um, the details what, what is it to say? People, people know, people know in France. I mean, the media, the, Here's an extent to how much people know within hours that evening. They were having to put out stories attacking complotistes, which is the French basically for conspiracy theorists who were suggesting that the timing was bloody fortuitous for the French government or the state, let's say, if not Macron himself. Yeah, so people know, and no one's buying it. um, You can see that in social media anyway. Mm. The uh, the mainstream media, uh, a government minister has since gone on. I mean, what do they say about if the moment a government officially denies something, it's it's actually the case. Well, they've already officially denied having any involvement in it, which is probably partly true, because that government minister would have no clue that there would be, you know, Arms of the state that are being used for yeah. for nefarious purposes. Yeah, that's
1: like cool. a lot of government functionaries are just clueless. They don't know what's going on. Basically. So he can
0: plausibly say, I, "Listen, yeah. this is ridiculous. You're yeah. all nuts, or Russia's pushing conspiracy or Russia. theories, or something like or that." Russia did it. Um, yeah.
1: No. Just, well, to, just to sum up, to sum up the the, the Strasbourg shooting, um, someone walked into the Christmas market in Strasbourg and shot. Uh, three people dead and seriously wounded five more and wounded another nine and shot at soldiers who are on patrol because these christmas markets are heavily heavily uh patrolled and and have a heavy police presence he shot one soldier in the hand and then he escaped in a taxi
0: Uh, and specifically strasbourg uh It's basically, it's got an old city that's surrounded by water. The river splits around it. The the market's held in there. And each checkpoint, they have checkpoints where anyone coming in, and there's millions of visitors to this one. It's like world famous, it goes back 500 years. Anyone coming into this event, it's barricaded, and you have your bags checked. Right. Plus, in addition, there's been all these terror attacks in France the last couple of years, plus one specifically at Christmas markets in Germany, It was just last year. Mm -hmm. So they've got armed soldiers. Right. So those soldiers were already there. And into that walks somebody.
1: Somebody walks in, like I said, shoots dead three people, seriously wounds five more, wounds another nine, shoots a soldier in the hand during a shootout with the soldiers, then leaves that area back across the river, goes back to uh, an area just, you know, maybe a few kilometers away. There, about an hour later, there's another shootout with police or soldiers. He escapes from that and then is missing for thirty six hours, can't be found despite the fact that seven hundred police, security services, you know, uh, kind of uh, uh, you know rescue team hostage rescue teams, all that kind of stuff, you know, black, special special ops teams, seven hundred of them, closed motorways, um, closed the border to Germany, and they couldn't find him for thirty six hours, um, and then he's walking. He's the person. The the person they uh, a person they claim is, was the shooter was walking down a street near his apartment, and the police apparently knew who he was. They said from at night, in from behind, in an area that's uh, quite a, has a high population of immigrants, so it'd be very difficult. Can you imagine, you know, walking down a street at night with a lot of uh, immigrants in, in a part of a city, and you're maybe you know, thirty forty. Well, 10, 10 15 meters behind someone and from the back you are able to identify them as as someone specific and you call out their name they turn around and you shoot them dead and that's the guy who did uh, it turned
0: around turned around so he's shot he's, he's, he's sh-
1: firing he shot he's, sh- he's shooting at them and then it's
0: a police car and then that gives them just cause <clears throat> to boom summarily execute him
1: and then he's dead so the only thing you can get from that is that some guy was shot on the street the guy they claimed was did it did it was shot on the street near where he lives the, the claim that he was inv- involved in all the in the rest that happened previously, the Christmas market and the shootout afterwards and stuff. Uh, there's no evidence that he was a guy at all. It would be very obviously very easy to walk down the street and just shoot someone, right? And even claim that they shot he shattered us and then we shot him. Uh, you can just shoot someone who you've decided is the guy who you want to take the fall for it, you know. But the most interesting thing is that this guy that they shot supposedly the only gun that they found in his apartment was a 1892 pistol. That was a standard issue in the First World War for the French military. It's a strange gun. It's it's a it's basically a Wild West kind of like six, six shooter. Yeah. It's got a, a circular cylinder a chamber for six bullets, and they're not even nine millimeter. They're eight millimeter bullets, and um, and so you have to manually load like you know like cowboys and Indians type thing. <clears throat> and it's not very accurate. Uh, the bullet caliber isn't very high, um, and this is the gun that he. Committed this, this 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 mass murder, and I
0: successfully think. got out of two gun gunfights. Yeah. with patrols plural. Yeah. of heavily armed Operation Sentinel French yeah. French soldiers.
1: French soldier.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's not at all credible. It's that that's it's, it's it speaks to the probably the haphazardness of a rush job yes. of framing this guy. Absolutely. In addition to this, of course, we also know that they raided his apartment right before the attack. Right. Allegedly over a separate issue a case in which he was wanted for, for robbery to, homicide robbery. attempt.
1: He didn't know and he just happened to be away that day because he, wasn't. he was he was planning supposedly he was going to be uh, at the Christmas market that night shooting people. The coincidences pile up. Well this this guy was on the fiches, which is the terrorist uh, suspect list of the French government. I think there's something like four thousand people on it. Um <clears throat> I don't know, no, much no, bigger no, figures
0: twenty six thousand. No, yeah.
1: A lot more, but there's only about four thousand being actively actively kept tabs on. This guy was being reasonably watched, apparently, by, according to the French Ministry of the Interior, he was being reasonably watched. He was basically a kind of mafia jihadi. Well, he wasn't a jihadi type, he was just a kind of mafia. A,
0: petty kind, criminal, Petty? Really.
1: Well, not petty, but, you know, pretty, a bit more serious crimes, but just a criminal, basically. Um, and, yeah, so, the the problem with, the problem with this is that he's on the on the terrorist list, so he's got a, he's got a kind of hand, or he's been in contact with people of, people Watched him, and he probably has some kind of contact, which is often the case with, uh, some of these individuals. Where they're, they're they have a handler, let's say, in, in the French intelligence agencies, so they're able to, you know, manipulate them as they as, as they wish. But the difference between this one and previous terror attacks, uh, which were much more had a much higher death count or body count, um, and were you know much like the Bataclan or Charlie Hebdo and stuff, um, the difference with this one with a smaller um, death toll and you know it being wrapped up in a, in a, in a short period of time and, and made to go away in the media very quickly and stuff is probably because there was, like you said, a rush job uh, where they had to cobble it together quite quickly compared to previous ones which they could plan for months and months in advance down to the last detail. Uh, this one had to be thrown together quickly as a response to the g- gilets jaunes as a way to do what we said it was designed to do, which was to uh, try and distract attention. For one part, anyway, distract attention from the gilets jaunes, uh, the Yellow Vest protests, and sp- split and, their unity, and split their unity. Yeah. So, but it had been thrown together quite quickly in a short period of time, because remember the, at this point the gilets, the Yellow Vest protests had only been going for four weeks, so they didn't, they couldn't have planned it any more than four weeks previous. Right. And in fact, it probably wasn't even that. It was as they saw it going and intensifying. Yeah. They maybe had a couple of weeks. So, so it's it's quite not, not a long time to it to it put together a very detailed uh, false flag kind of shooting and. Uh, like that you know so that's why it was you know well all none of them make any sense all of them have anomalies even the well-organized ones but this one the fact that they couldn't even give him a proper gun that would make sense uh, as to how he shot all those people Um suggests that they just didn't have time to to get all that together you know they threw it together quite quickly picked their patsy and they did the you know black black ops kind of people who do these terror attacks they are the ones who who did the shooting, and then they just killed him uh, at, their, at the moment they decided was was appropriate in the street and said, there's your man, and put his name out. You have, you have to remember that they just put a name out. You could, I, people could go and, someone with that amount of power could just go and start killing people anywhere, right? And as long as they're sure they can get away, and they probably are because they're organizing it and planning it well in advance, when they do the shooting, they can simply put give a name, any name, appropriate name to the media. And that becomes the person who did it yeah simply on giving one name that oh. person could be could be already dead well, he, for all for all it matters you know to them just he, give the name and that's it and then as long as you kill that person or produce that body there you go
0: yeah I mean within hours of the breaking news they would no idea where this person was but they knew who it was mm. mugshot mm. criminal history it was easy once it was a criminal because you would have a, a ton of paperwork on them right. and an actual mugshot not just a dodgy-looking head, but it's yeah. a dodgy-looking head from a mugshot because he's got such a long criminal record. Right. Take it from and the then, front. And then he can't do anything. And it's, it's nuts. Like, they're saying that his... I mean, his... the place where he lived was so close to where it happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They'd already raided the place before the attack, so surely it's being watched to see if he well, comes they're, back. They're and they're then he's it. back there, yeah. and it's a chance occurrence on the street. Yeah. Anyway, no one believes it, but here's the problem with it. Just yesterday, in um a Christmas market across the border in southern Germany. Somebody threw a firecracker.
1: Mm-hmm. And Indo, a stampede. In, into a, a mall, shopping mall. shopping, center. shopping mall, okay. And the a stampede, stampede. Seven people were injured. Yeah.
0: Now you see, we, we might say, "Oh, no one believes it, but these things have effects. You terrorize the people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you terrorize them not so I'm much with see. the threat of, they might be coming to my home any moment now, but with the threat... I think it's the threat of becoming aware and really viscerally rocking that this is what the state
1: yeah well at that moment in, the, in those moments when people react like that to, to a, a car speeding down the road or gun, a sound of gun, what appears to be a sound of gunfire you just you're reacting instinctively you're not thinking about any of that but anybody who does think and anybody who's a thinking person, if they have time to think in that situation, they, they would, and they hear gunshots and at a Christmas market at any time over, over this uh, Christmas season, uh, anybody who has any sense about them will think to themselves, if they have time to think, they'll think to themselves, oh shit, I better get out of here. The government's trying to kill us again. Right.
0: And they're serious. And they'll get away with it. There won't be any justice. So I'd better get my head under something. Okay, or run. Um... Okay, so that's France. We move on to Brexit.
1: Yes, Brexit. The shit show continues.
0: It's You know, it's I know it's... Speaking I, of deep state, go ahead. There are two ostensibly unrelated things, right? This thing in France just erupted spontaneously, right, five weeks ago. And Brexit's been dragging on for years. But what is going on where you have severe, like, not yet severe, let's say, but a really, really serious fundamental political crisis on these two countries, either side of the channel. And not just there, of course. It's, it's pretty widespread in Western Europe in some form or another. Um, it, it's not a coincidence, I think.
1: No. It's, it's that there's... Factless and, factlessness and corruption of politicians. You know, just in, an increasing level of corruption and arrogance and, uh, you know, blatant disregard for, for, for any sense of, of you know, righteousness or integrity basically they're just at this point they're i don't know there's something there's something driving them some kind of fear or some kind of they, they, they expect that you know something's going to go wrong or something's the people are going to rise up or we're going to lose our positions they're just concerned about their positions of power and their and their influence you know and for some reason they've, they've just you know they're they're afraid and they're it's pushing them to ever more blatant uh, acts of of like I said, of, of corruption and, and idiocy, basically. I mean, talking of the deep state and, you know, kind of secret government or behind, you know, a power behind the, the overt government in, in many countries. Tony Blair uh, came out the other day and made a speech about how we need another the Brits need another referendum. You know, um, now when you hear someone like Tony Blair saying that, you know that that's where it's at, basically. Um, and that's that's where the the real power kind of sits, because Tony Blair's is kind of like, is a kind of a, a deep state kind of guy, you know, um, <clears throat> behind the behind the scenes, pulling strings and stuff. When he says they need another referendum, you know that's where it's going to go. But then, as we've been saying repeatedly on the show, uh, Brexit was never going to happen from the beginning. Um, it could not happen, and they all understood it from the very beginning that it could not happen from an economic point of view. And they've spent the past two years trying to undo that referendum uh, that they foolishly allowed to go ahead. Uh, believing that they had, they could rig it, I suppose, in some way that uh, the result would not be a vote to leave the EU. But they didn't rig it properly uh, or sufficiently, and the vote was fifty-three percent to leave the EU. The official vote was fifty-three percent, and since then they've been trying their best to to make it go away, um, because it can't happen. But they want to maintain the pretense of democracy and listening to the will of the people, etc. And the reason they had the Brexit referendum in the first place, it was David Cameron, the Conservative Party leader and Prime Minister at the time, who agreed to have the referendum because it was back in, what, 2000, what was it, 2016, wasn't it? 15. Oh, well, no, the event wasn't. The event was Yeah, but he announced it in 2015, um, and then the vote happened in 2016. But he announced that because even by 2015, there was the the, the right wingers in the UK had already, uh, kind of become quite strong under the uh, UK Independence Party, if you know, further right than the Conservatives than, uh, than David Cameron's party, and they were concerned that they would lose power to, uh, the the more nationalistic right wing, because the Conservatives in the UK were never really nationalistic; they're globalists as well, you know, always have been. They're part of the kind of global globalist structure, in, in the West that that emanates from the West. Um, so they were worried about real grassroots nationalism uh, taking over or taking a segment, a significant part of their their voters, effectively their supporters in the, that were traditional conservatives, and so they stole that uh, one uh, issue from the, the 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 new right wing, the new nationalists in the UK. Uh, that issue of let us have a vote on on whether or not to leave the EU thinking that they could manage it so that it wouldn't.
0: And put it to bed. Put wherever. it to bed,
1: that would be the end of it. Yeah. But it, they slipped up. <clears throat> and uh, and they've been trying to, to undo it ever since. And I'd say what's going to happen now, despite all the bullshit going on with May, going back and forth to, to Europe, blah, 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 all the details, I mean, uh, they're all largely irrelevant because what's probably going to happen within the next year, is there's going to be another referendum. And despite the fact that maybe a majority of people will vote again to leave, to say that they want to leave the EU, it's possible. Uh, they'll make sure this time that they rig the vote in such a way that a majority of people, a good majority of people, says no, we want to stay in the e- EU, and then at that point, that'll be it, put to bed, and you look back, and the last two and a half or three years of Brexit will just look like a complete, well, look like exactly what, look exactly like what it has been, which is a complete load of uh, factless nonsense.
0: Um, last week, May was going to put the deal she had made with Brussels. To vote in Parliament, was just going to get it, and there was a whole series of developments where, at the last minute, she didn't. There was uproar, and then she survives a no confidence motion um, from the Tory Party.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: that struck me as being basically a referendum within the Tory establishment, as saying. Uh, it was basically their internal referendum on May, the Brexit deal, and, and generally staying in Europe. For me, that was it. The, the, once they had put it to a vote, among themselves they were saying, we're never going to have a Brexit. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even even taking into account Jacob Rees-Mogg and right. all the the ones who were saying, no, it's definitely going to happen. They had their vote and that's it. It's settled now. So the only thing left to see at this point is... Um, yeah, just how? Yeah, well, they need, they make that okay with.
1: They need to keep me for a sacrifice. For a, they need to keep me for a as a sacrifice, when they have another referendum, because that'll be you know, she'll have to she'll have to go if she announces that another referendum. It'll be a betrayal of the Brexiteers and all that kind of stuff, and uh, she'll have to go and she'll be the sacrifice and she'll offer herself up willingly as a sacrifice because there's no point in having a, the no point in the Conservative Party's changing leadership right now just to have that person then have to. Yeah. Go through the referendum business and have to resign or something. So it's better. May's got herself in this pickle, so she can she can go the full the full distance, and uh, and stay on until they <clears throat> they they stage manager or create the conditions for a, a another referendum. And then and in announcing that she'll say there'll be howls and all that kind of stuff and howls of betrayal, blah blah blah. But she'll she'll do the the honourable thing and fall on her sword. And then the way will be open for the Conservatives to, you know, to elect a new leader and, and carry on as usual, supposedly.
0: And the media in the meantime is um, going they're, insane. They're with all over. Project love Fear. And um, the Times story we looked at yesterday, Brexit, <clears throat> suicide warning if exit turns chaotic.
1: Yeah, there'll be a mass spike in suicide. Ministers are
0: being told to prepare for a rise in suicide in the event of a chaotic no-deal Brexit.
1: Mm. And the other one was... Uh,
0: Sky News, will there be civil war if right. Brexit isn't delivered? But I think that's actually a more pertinent issue beyond trying to scaremonger people. They can scaremonger them with how horrible things will be if you don't go along with, saying in the European Union.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But there is a real risk they're running here of a yellow vestile
2: mm-hmm.
0: backlash, certainly in England, yeah. against this. And we, we've seen it already, the... the First Yellow Vest protests began just two days ago Mm -hmm. when they blocked um, three of the bridges in London. Mm -hmm. The worst that's going to cause so far is a traffic jam, Mm -hmm. uh, but a pretty bad one this time of the year. Um, But there's the seed. That's what they have to contend with. And that's what they have the sharp eye on, you know, keeping that Mm -hmm. from developing into the scale it did in France. But do you think people are saying, I mean, I've heard many Brits themselves say, oh, I'd love to see us, you know, Really speak up for ourselves like they do in France, but mm. we're all a bunch of um, chickens, Snowflakes. cowards when it comes to this. But I mean, yeah. Well, if if you're really pro Brexit, well, this you're getting an idea now of mm. the scale of what it would take to actually see the popular will done.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And even then, you you might be disappointed. It might, and so that's why, in the end, this Sky News suggestion, which is obviously meant to scare people, may in fact be speaking to. They may be suggesting, yes, well, here's what you would need to do if you ever want a Brexit. You, you'd have to have a civil war.
1: Yeah, or and that's another way that they're dividing the population. It seems to be that across the board that the elites are, are focusing heavily on dividing the population against themselves against itself, again, you know, against each other. Uh, dividing the people in the country because they're afraid of them rising up and attacking the real enemy, which is the the, the massive corruption of the elite. That's what they're afraid of. And the best I mean, it's divide and conquer. I mean, it's like, it's, 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 it's a bit sad, you know, that it's, it's come down to such a, such a cliche term really, you know, that that's what they're doing. But then maybe that term exists because it's been true for millennia, divide and conquer. And that's how you rule. Yeah. You know, um, and it's really coming it's always been the case to one extent or another but it's just basically it's be, it's been ramped up uh uh to a really uh, kind of a high level now you know they the, the, they're really driving the, the divisions in society you know uh which is interesting because that's what the west has done in in their imperial uh, kind of, uh wars you know when when they try to uh uh when they want to overthrow governments in in the middle east or or other or other countries they they look for the fracture points in society and try to create the appearance of division and then set people against each other you know as in in those cases it's to is to create a civil war type situation into which they can intervene uh and and pacify the country or you know and 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 get what they want that way you know but they're well they're well trained in in foreign countries uh in the art of sowing social division and up to and including creating a civil war um by you know, having proxy gangs and, and, and death squads and all that kind of stuff. Um and that's not off the table for ultimately for um for European countries as well. Some at some point down the line that there would be there would be government death squads. I mean, in fact, in these kind of terror attacks we saw in Strasbourg, Tr- that's a government death squad. That carried out those that carry out those terror attacks. That's a government death squad. The same kind of death squads they used in Iraq and and, uh, and Syria and other countries to to inflame inflame tensions in the country. Uh, and it could
0: effectively. I mean, there was a mass protest in Strasbourg outside of the European Parliament The Two days just back on now, but in the two days prior mm-hmm. to the terrorist attack, then there was uh, an, an lockdown, order issued, yeah. and, and I don't think I think people respected it, there was no protest the day after. Mm-hmm. Um, but those very same security forces, some of them at least, were the same guys twenty four hours have been cracking heads. Mm-hmm. And now they're the heroes in the you know projected yeah. narrative of, of the media it's, it strikes uh, me that the only the only result they can produce that is real is the very one that they are trying to avoid happening. Macron has successfully united the population of France in a revolution which was the title of his book against him
2: mm-hmm.
0: and all he stands for yep. and is that not ultimately the end goal of where else he's going for all these countries
1: mm-hmm. It seems to be at this point. Yeah. It seems to be if they, if, they, if the elite continue on the their current trajectory, and there's no reason to think they'll stop because people tend to, it tends to get into a feedback loop where uh, they're afraid of popular uprisings, so they clamp down, and uh, but they're also, you know, stealing from the public purse uh, massively, uh, and that, you know, that uh, irritates the people and, and encourages them to protest and stuff. And when they protest, it uh, it, it scares the government. The government cracks down and that just pisses the people off even more uh, and then they protest more and then the government gets more scared and then they crack down even harder blah blah it's a pathetic it's it's sad how, how foreseeable the whole thing is how predictable the whole thing is you know in that, in that sense where it goes it's been it, it's it's been a part of the history of many countries throughout for, for well certainly in, in in modern history multiple multiple times and it's well known where it goes and how it happens you know and to see it happen again it's just like dude have you not Read the History 101, How to Not How Not To Run a Country type thing, or How to Run a Country Into the Ground. Is that the book you're reading? It's just sad, you know. Yeah. Um but as, I wanted to jump over to the uh, uh, other side of the Atlantic. Uh, there's a video I want to play just talking about the media. Yeah, you guys won't be able to see it since we're having technical difficulties, but you'll be able to hear it. Okay. So
2: Who's Donald Trump's done. It. He's
0: done. There's no question about that. He's done. Breaking news. It's a bombshell. Today is a turning point. Today was historically bad for President Trump.
1: Today Watch was the a
0: turning point. A
1: turning point. We're at a turning point here. The beginning <laughs> of the
0: end for the Trump presidency. The beginning of the end. And Breaking news.
1: We have another bombshell. Mike
2: Pence might have to assume the office of the presidency. The call for impeachment. Rumblings of the word impeachment. Breaking news. Another bombshell out of the White House. I believe this is the beginning of the end.
1: I do too. It's really the beginning of the end.
2: The beginning of the end. He may be feeling the walls closing in on him. All the walls closing in on him. The walls closing in on him. Breaking news, a new bombshell. One astrologer says this means the beginning of the end for President Donald Trump. The beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. (laughs) Trump will resign. Trump is going to resign. Is
1: this the tipping point? I know we've said it. Over, over and over You over. think
2: this is a tipping point?
1: <laughs> and over and over. This
0: is a tipping point.
2: And
1: over and over. Breaking news, President Trump off the rails. This is the
0: beginning of the end today. The beginning of the end. It reminds me a lot of the last days of Nixon. Breaking news tonight, new bombshell. This is the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The walls are closing in. The walls closing in. The walls closing in. Breaking overnight bombshell. This
2: is a very dramatic day, and I think it might be near a tipping point. Do you think this is a tipping point? This is unbelievable. This is remarkable. Have you ever seen seen anything like this. His
0: presidency is crippled. December 1st, 2017, you can mark it down. This is the day that everything changed. We
2: begin with the bombshell.
1: The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the
2: end. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. end. In fact, if this were a football game, we're in the third quarter. May even be the beginning of the end. (laughs) We
1: begin tonight with the bombshell. Donald Trump is in a lot of trouble. Trump is in trouble. The president will resign. Another hour, another bombshell. This is a tipping point.
0: Trump's going down. This president could be impeached. I do not think the president will
2: serve out his term. Resignation. Resignation. I don't think this president is going to serve out his term. Mr. Trump will not serve out his term. He will not serve out his term. No way know-how. Breaking
0: news. Absolute bombshell. I think Donald Trump is in trouble.
2: Donald Trump is not. He's done. And it's over. It's over. The wall's closing in. The wall's closing in. (laughs) This is going to be the Achilles' Hill. Breaking news tonight. I expect Trump to depart. This week will be the watershed week. Trump is in big trouble. Trump's in a lot of trouble. It's a sign of a terrified old man who feels the walls
1: closing in. The walls
0: are increasingly closing in on him. Tonight the walls
1: are closing in. Today changed everything. This is the beginning of the end. Today the biggest. (laughs) Tipping Point for the Trump administration.
0: What a historic day. The bombshells, uh, they fell.
2: It's entropy and it's crumbling internally. He's underwater. He feels the walls closing in. Could his <laughs>
0: testimony be
2: a turning point? We
0: may be at a tipping point.
1: It's the beginning of the, the end. end. The beginning of, of the end. Another bombshell. 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 Bombshell.
0: This is a bombshell. It is a bombshell. I
2: am beginning to resent the word bombshell.
1: No okay. doubt. <laughs>
2: All right. Let's
1: <That's> <laughs> Uh, and they wonder why they're called NPCs. That was one, 18 months. That's all you need to know of what happened over the past 18 months, in, uh, particularly in the, in, the, in the US media. That's pretty much all that happened in, uh, in terms of what they reported.
0: NPCs said bombshell, lost of time. Walls
1: closing in, walls closing in, beginning of the end, beginning of the end for 18 months. And they had no shame. Yeah. there's no sh- there's no shame there like you know the same people saying the same thing for 18 months talk about ideologically or possessed or or, or driven you know uh and, and complete disregard of any objectivity or any facts i mean when you, when you just keep on repeating the same thing over again uh, uh, and that's the media they're meant to be informing people Jesus
0: yeah, the latest now is that russia gates going beyond russia Mueller's going to start investigating the Trump campaign's links with Saudi and other Middle Eastern billionaires, i.e. he took campaign contributions from rich Arabs in 2015.
1: Just like all every other politician?
0: Isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's nothing to do with Russia, of course, but um, it's like...
1: We're, we're,
0: there, is no, there is no end point. I mean, they'll, they'll keep going like you this can, throughout, expect, throughout the four years.
1: We well, can expect another two, two, closing in. another two years of that. Why not? Yeah. And then, and then in, in, in two years, someone can add to that video and they can show, as the dates in the video showed, that from March 2017, for four years almost, they predicted the, the demise of Donald Trump while he just kept on being president. And at the end of it, they're going to go, what? It's like the yeah. Iraq war lies. It <clears throat> pales in comparison to that level of hubris and, and horse Shiite. Um,
0: okay, so they're still attacking Trump, but nevertheless, the US still carries on as before. I mean, for all of the things he's trying to change, I don't see much change in... It's more of the same behavior. The two cases last week were a standout for me. The, the Russian Maria Butina, mm-hmm. who pleads guilty, or it makes a plea deal to being guilty of failing of conspiring against the US government by failing to register as a foreign agent because she's a, a lobbyist and she happens to like guns and be Russian. Mm-hmm. Um it's revolting beyond belief. She's kept in solitary confinement, effectively tortured for over a year now at this point. Mm-hmm. And then she says, yeah, I'm guilty. Just just do something. Get me out of here. And then at the same time, last week, um, this executive of Huawei, big Chinese mm-hmm. Apple, basically, a communications firm, she gets arrested in Canada, charged with... Misleading multinational banks about Iran-linked transactions, putting those banks at risk of violating U.S. sanctions. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean, that's this is going like this is a little crazy because if you start arresting the executives of your opponent, how are they not entitled to then start arresting Tim Cook and Bill Gates or? Warren Buffett. I mean, they could just disappear. You know, you're going to have a pushback mm. in kind. Mm. That that kind of le- that's a level of crazy. And this is kind of nonpartisan here, where the American elites in general
2: mm-hmm.
0: are starting to do things that, you know, it's going to push back on them in serious ways. It's it's and it's bald faced blackmail Trump. Trump thought he'd weigh in on it last week, and it didn't help by suggesting that he could help her case if China helped him in the trade deal negotiations.
1: Yeah, Exposing
0: to. right there that it was a political abduction for a yeah. hostage taking Kidnapping, for the purposes yeah. of um, blackmail.
1: Right. That's how, that's, how, that's how politics and corporate business works.
0: Oh, but this is brazen-like.
1: Yeah. It's good, though. That's one of the advantages of Trump, you know? He's put a lot of stuff out there you know just not necessarily through good intentions but just by being uh, taking the approach that he's taken you know which is his wheeler de- dealer businessman type you know a, approach to to america america's a business let's let's play hardball type thing and uh and he's exposed an awful lot of stuff that 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 just by being who he is obviously the whole russia gate stuff and all that uh has exposed an awful lot um and exposed also how the media is massively biased towards him. You know, so there's a lot of stuff that he has brought to light through no um, through no fault of his own, if you know what I mean, in, in the sense that he's just just being who he is. And for some reason, the deep state, like as we've been saying, really don't like him. The American establishment really don't like him and feel they need to curtail him and, and corral him and, you know, Stop him from doing what he's doing, and obviously his the one thing that they don't like about him is that he's a nationalist. You know, he claims claims to be a nationalist. You know, and that goes back to the whole globalist idea and immigration and all that kind of stuff. That he's singing the wrong song, and I think their main problem with him in that respect is that what he says gives gives a you know um gives support or sucker to the to to other, other people in 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 particularly in Europe, but. In other countries around the world, you know, to uh, to stand up and take a stand for against, let's say, unfettered immigration, you know, um, although, like we said, they have a they have a um, a plan B for that in the sense that they're that they're the, the the kind of the the deep state actors are happy enough for there to be a rise of the right wing nationalism. In, um, in European countries and even in America, um, as long as they can control it, because the way it's characterized as right-wing, nat- nationalism, A.K.A. Nazis, fascist, and racist is not actually true for the most part. You know, it's yeah. just ordinary people. It's probably the majority of people in most European countries don't want unlimited migration. People across, you know, from across the political spectrums our political spectrum so um no i mean overall i'm i think I'm, they have a pretty good uh, leash on trump they point. do from foreign policy and all that kind of stuff but yeah, it's and just,
0: this this thing we just saw is keeping up the pressure
1: yeah but they can't keep they can't stop him talking is the problem yeah even if they can do nothing the problem is they can't stop him tweeting and talking and that's that's for them that's really bad
2: <clears throat> uh,
0: u.s foreign policy is exactly the same I, th- I think um, when they went after Flynn and Bannon successfully, they were removing an idea of partnering, and this is maybe why Russiagate erupted as it did, as an attack specifically concerning Russia, because they removed an idea to partner with Russia against China. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they've reverted to form. No, 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 that, that was apparently so terrifying a prospect or the globalists who have the United States by the cojones, mm. that they have to go absolutely the bottom line. And now, last week, John Bolton announced a new strategy, announced in the Washington Post. The US is telling African countries, you either pick the US or China and Russia, but not both.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Zero sum, you know. You, you You can't do business with both of us like every other, like those countries are saying mm. to anyone, you know, we're not going to make you do whatever we want just to trade with you. America's saying, no, you want to trade with us, you do things our way, American way. So you, you are our ally and you're with us and you're not with them. Mm. Of course, this is echoes of George W. Bush. You're either with us or you're with the terrorists. Um, interestingly, in the Washington Post editorial about John Bolton's announcement, um, the headline was Countering Russia and China in Africa. The subheadline was the U.S. has a new focus, comma, but it can't neglect the terror front.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Betraying right there that the terror front was always a cover mm. for access. countering Russia and Chinese access to Asia and Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's nothing new about this. Of course, it's totally business as usual, and it's coming under a Trump government, yeah. announced by that walrus, Ned Flanders.
1: Yeah. Good yeah. job. Um, John Bolton. They uh, they could also take it. I mean, another aspect of that uh, you're either with us or with, with the terrorist type thing. Uh, you're either with us or against us. Is uh, the next stage of that is what the US has engaged in quite often as well. Is uh, if I can't have you, no one can. Which is the hallmark of you know the pathological partner in a relationship. You know, if you're not with me, then basically I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you know, and that's that's something that uh, any. African nations that decide to opt for Russia and China would need to keep in mind they might see themselves under serious uh, uh, a terror alert, if you know what I mean, or uh, under the under attack by um, so Trump could, Boko Haram, let's say, or Al Qaeda in Africa, Al Qaeda wherever we want it to be.
0: To give me an idea for how Trump could spin this to his base. You see, we believe in traditional values in monogamy. And there should only be two people in this marriage. Exactly. All these unwashed people with their polygamy. Polygamy is evil. So, mm-hmm. no, you can't be trading with Russia and China, much less letting them build motorways and infrastructure for you for the first time in the last 500 years of our Western M- magnificence to the world. Look at the legacy we gave you. Yeah. Death, disease, AIDS, <clears throat> a few roads, sure. But uh, the Chinese don't, They're going to colonize you by building all those things for you. Well, to be fair, I'm not and sure. And then they'll have
1: you. I'm not sure they give them disease and AIDS.
0: Well, that, that would naturally come with widespread poverty and backwardness. You would have mm. a proliferation of cholera yeah. and all yeah. these
1: things. Right. So, although, although in Africa, because of the climate, there's a lot more disease there anyway. That's one of the actual one of the reasons that people overlook when they. I mean, there's obviously lots of reasons, other reasons why African countries are mostly poor. Um, that could be remedied. One thing is you get out of you get Western powers out of there type thing. But um, one of the reasons, obviously, is is the climate basically, and and uh, it's not a very you know for in terms of uh, growing season and arable land and all that kind of stuff, it's very different from further north. You know, much more productive. Uh, uh, it, not all the countries, but but some of the African countries, but also because of the because of the temperature, there is naturally a lot more. uh, kind of disease, what do you call it, the fly or something like that. Uh, There are things that grow in tropical and very warm climates that are not good, you know, and that are a problem for for human beings, you know. That's not to say they couldn't be overcome if there was a sufficient level of of development, which has been definitely thwarted. But, you know, it's it's the narrative that it's only uh, Western colonialism that keeps Africa in poverty is a bit too black and white. It's better to say, I suppose, that colonialism has worked there and worked there for so long up until the present day because of various different factors, one of them being that Africa is a difficult place to you know, it would always be slightly behind more temperate climates on the planet that are more favourable for all of the means of the resources, basically, a lot of the natural resources uh, for food and for, you know, even uh, forests and trees and wood and all that kind of stuff. Like a lot of Africa is quite hot, you know, um, and lot, a lot of African countries are quite hot.
0: So is a lot of Southeast Asia, including South China?
1: Uh, yeah, but China's a big country, one big country. You
0: know? Well, OK, granted, there's still, nevertheless, a fairly black and white difference in concept of how things can be done. China's like specifically going around saying it doesn't have to be zero-sum. It doesn't have right, to be zero-sum. Absolutely, sum. yeah. And America's going around specifically saying it has to be zero-sum. Mm-hmm. You're either with us or we'll blow your country to pieces. That threat's implied. They don't always execute it. Mm-hmm. But it's, it is implied in this kind of total, total message. You know, it's totalitarian
2: right.
0: as opposed to relatively open. And I say open, like that doesn't mean China's all open borders. It's not. It's very much nationalistic. hmm um, so there is there is still a fundamental qualitative difference right. in kind of approach you
1: know yeah absolutely and I think ultimately that approach will, will win out you know as far as it goes um, as far as they're able to able to push it you know the, the US is as we've been saying and the West is fighting a losing game here but there's no way to convince them to, to change their change their tack you know they're they're set on a on a trajectory and it's 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 uh, come hell or high water type thing, you know. They're, they're going to push through that They can't change. Um, so, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Although it's not looking good. But then, sometimes there's a silver lining in bad things. Um, Like what? Christmas is coming. Yeah, Christmas. Whatever. Uh,
0: this might be our last show for the year, so...
1: Yes, it probably will be our last show for the year because next week is 23rd, the week after that is the 30th, you know, and we're pretty sure people will be, people will be focused on, well, they should be focused on more kind of festive, Christmassy kind of activities, family and friends and all that kind of stuff, so, um, and the world can, the world ain't link, going anywhere, you know. Um, the
0: walls will still be closing in according to CNN.
1: Absolutely, they'll still be closing in the Trump all the way, you know. So just so, turn it off. Yeah and uh yes so we're probably unless something major happens we'll be back in the new year with another show until then uh we hope you enjoyed this one if you liked it like subscribe all that kind of stuff um and wherever you are have a good day see you next year bye
0: everyone